0: My name is Cody Lawrence. I'm your host. This episode is going to be about a unique view on this plagiarism stuff. Before I begin this episode, I'd like to credit everything I'm about to say to my parents, their parents, and their parents all the way back, my kindergarten teacher, Miss Thorne, and all of the other teachers I've had through elementary school, middle school, and high school, my college, university and seminary professors, uh, my friends, the rest of my family, online teachers I have followed over the years, all of the authors of all of the books I've ever read, and everyone else I've ever met in any capacity. I think that covers it. Whew. Wouldn't want to make anyone think I'm plagiarizing anything. Just kidding. Why don't we all start every conversation this way? Think that one over. If you're not on the up-and-up with current Christian events, I'll fill you in. But first, that introduction may have sounded like I might be leading into a discussion that's sympathetic to Ed Litton. I'm not. I'm not defending Ed Litton at all. I think the guy is a snake. He's a snake among other snakes, in fact. I think, more likely than not... Nearly the entirety of the leadership of the Southern Baptist Convention is nearly entirely corrupt, and, more specifically, fully aware and unrepentant. Here's the short version of what happened. The Southern Baptist Convention just elected the most liberal, quote-unquote, conservative candidate, who is a professed partialist, which is a heresy, according to his church's statement of faith, which they quickly covered up right after it was pointed out. Uh, Either that's true or if he's in fact not a partialist, he is alternatively a poor theologian to allow partialism in his church's statement of faith in the first place. Or the third option is he's a liar. He is a partialist and he's lying about it because uh, he wants to be the president (laughs) and he doesn't want to create fights. Uh, Well, it created a fight anyway secondly Lytton is also a professed complementarian which is a good thing it means he claims to hold the biblical view that women cannot teach in church according to the very clear verse in 1 timothy 2 12 when paul says i do not permit women to teach but Lytton also allows women to preach in his church to the congregation also pointing to either his unfathomable ignorance or his unfathomable ability to lie with a straight face. Wait, there's more. Lytton claims not to support critical race theory, the problems of which I have already discussed at length, but Lytton also supports Ideas of critical race theory, like systemic racism and judging people based on skin color. Also proving that he is either incredibly stupid or an incredible bold-faced liar. And finally, and most recently, Lytton is undeniably guilty of plagiarizing point by point a number of sermons that may number up to, but not limited to, 140. The number one hundred and forty comes from the number of sermons that were scrubbed from his online presence after these plagiarism allegations started popping up a few days ago. And then he released an apology that wasn't really an apology, having basically denied that he plagiarized anything from the one particular sermon he spoke on because he got permission, but never mentioned the name in the sermon of the original author, J.D. Greer who happens to be another one of the snakes. (laughs) And, by the way, the spirit of the sermon that he stole was to communicate that homosexuality isn't all that bad. To top it all off, it wasn't even a good sermon that he stole. At least steal a solid, good biblical sermon. (laughs) So, add thief to the list of sins. A great choice for president, idiot. The only wise choice at this point is to call for the guy's immediate apology and repentance of all of these things, or, using biblical terms, treat him like a Gentile and a tax collector and hand him over to Satan, Matthew 18, 17, 1 Corinthians 5, 5. Oh, and obviously forcing him to resign. Pastors of churches are fired for less than what this guy is presently guilty of. But, here comes the but. But! Regarding the plagiarism, many Christians are responding to this by saying things like, it is never okay to steal ideas without crediting the person where it came from. I disagree. I think this discussion needs to be a little more nuanced. I think what Ed Linton is doing, taking sermons point by point and regurgitating them, based on someone else's study, work, and understanding, or misunderstanding, in this case, of scripture, is totally wrong. But I think Christians should be a little more thoughtful about approaching this issue. If we define plagiarism as taking someone else's idea and claiming it as your own, we all probably do this about 10 million times a day. This is how we as humans function, I reckon our ideas are our ideas, are in some way merely an aggregation of everyone else's ideas that we've encountered, put through the filter of our own life experiences. So they come from other people originally. We don't just invent ideas in our heads, usually, as far as I know, (laughs) but we still rightly call those ideas uniquely ours. I even think that it's acceptable to share specific ideas that we've picked up from places without crediting the author. I don't credit my kindergarten teacher whenever I write my name or whenever I add two plus two. Imagine you were having a spiritual conversation with someone. One of the most helpful books in spiritual conversations and any conversation for that matter that i've read is the book tactics by greg kokel and i highly recommend you go buy it immediately if you haven't read it already but anyway when i ask someone the question what do you mean by that in a conversation which is a question that is taken directly from that book and I am quoting the book on purpose, and I am using the question on purpose, and I am intentionally taking the idea from the book to use it in this conversation. I don't think I'm morally obligated to tell that to the person I'm speaking to. I don't say, hey, by the way, uh, this question that I'm about to ask is from a book I read one time. It's called Tactics by Greg Kochel. You should check it out if you want to. But what do you mean by that? That would be ridiculous. You don't have to credit every single idea. I think there's another kind of idea also uh, that we don't have to credit that is ingrained in our culture. And everyone knows that it's not an original idea. And people can share those too without committing this sin of stealing ideas. For example, I can tell a person, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. That is a common Cultural idiom that everybody probably already knows, but no one knows where it came from. I mean, well, maybe you do, but most people don't know where it comes from. You just know the phrase. We don't say, "This isn't my own idea," but you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. We don't try to credit the author. We don't try to put cr- push credit off of ourselves on certain ideas, and that's okay. It's understood that it's not your idea. So this means that there is a difference between simply voicing someone else's idea in a conversation and whatever Ed Linton did, even though he was voicing someone else's idea in a conversation or a sermon in this case. It also seems okay sometimes to take other people's ideas and not credit them. Although other times it seems not okay. So there's some kind of line that we have to draw here. I've been thinking about distinguishing between the moral using other people's ideas and the immoral using other people's ideas. And I'm honestly not entirely sure where the line is drawn. I'm not sure if there even is an objective line. I could be wrong about that. But in these cases that I've thought up here, it seems intuitively right or wrong in these different situations. Like you can look at it and you can say, ah, that's probably not right. And, you, and then you can look at this other thing and say, ah, that's probably okay. Uh, now, Ed Litton clearly looked at this situation and said, oh, it's totally fine for me to do this. <laughs> or maybe in, in the worst case, he looked at the situation of him taking J.D. Greer's sermon and thought, ooh, this is not okay, but I hope nobody catches me. I hope that didn't happen. Uh well, honestly, I hope none of this happened in the first place. I wish none of this has happened. <laughs> I wish the largest Protestant denomination in America had a faithful president. But anyway. So here's my theory. It's not the stealing of an idea that's wrong. I would even call it stealing. It's not the the taking of the of an idea that's wrong, but It's the stealing of glory that's wrong. I'm not even sure that we can steal ideas, but we can steal glory. If you share an idea and there is a temptation for that idea to take glory that would otherwise be given to the author and take it for yourself instead, that is wrong. It's okay to receive glory for things, but it's not okay to steal that glory from someone else. But this principle can be expanded. We can steal glory from people, but we can also steal glory from God. This is also committing the sin of pride in both cases. This also leads me to believe that any sermon that doesn't point directly to God's word is stealing glory from God. So these sermons that Ed Litton stole are stealing glory on multiple levels. They're not only stealing glory from people, but they're stealing glory from God. This is why. Try to follow me here because I'm still trying to work this out, honestly. Ed Litton's sermons, they, their source, what they point to is other sermons, which often don't even point to God's word. <laughs> those sermons are often misinterpreting scripture which which is uh even worse at least steal good sermons but this because it it its primary source is not the bible but its primary source is just another sermon it's actually stealing glory from god this is what i think but the thing that ed is trying to clearly communicate here isn't the bible but it's some other sermon Right, So he's not sharing God's word, he's sharing another sermon's perspective on God's word. Now, it might communicate God's word totally adequately, but there is a barrier, there's there's a step in between him and God's word. Pastors, it seems to me, need to be able to teach. That is one of the qualifications of a pastor, in fact. They need to be able to interpret scripture and pass the meaning of God's word on to other people a qualification of a pastor is not be able to interpret other people's interpretations of scripture. That there seems to disqualify Ed Lytton, if he's not able to consistently teach on his own, and he's clearly not, because he wouldn't be taking the shortcut of taking 140 plus sermons. But don't get me wrong, other people's ideas can help us understand God's word in some way, but we don't want to get this upside down. All things must point to God's word. We need to even be using God's word to interpret the validity of our own thoughts, beliefs, and ideas. We cannot use our ideas to validate God's word. The ideas don't validate scripture, but the scripture validates the ideas. So here's an example. If you hear a teacher offer an interpretation of the book of Revelation, for example, or there's a teacher that shares with you their thoughts on if Calvinism or Arminianism is true, or they share their thoughts on if you should baptize babies, or only professing born-again believers. These are their ideas. Now, none of these ideas should take precedence over Scripture, You shouldn't say, oh, I like that idea. That must be what scripture means. No, no, no. We should turn to scripture first to test if these ideas are valid or not. In some cases, the Bible won't spell out exactly the answer to the question, which is why teachers are so helpful. But if their ideas are contrary to scripture in any way, then we must understand them as untrue. Now, I may or may not have all of this right. Those are just (laughs) my ideas. But what I do know is that regurgitating sermons and passing them off as your own creation is wrong. I also know that this is wrong because stealing glory from others and stealing glory from God is wrong. I hope this gives you a more biblical perspective on stealing and plagiarism. And I hope this has been helpful. I hope that if you encounter this kind of thing or the mistreatment of this kind of thing, whichever side people land on, I hope that you can attack it in a biblical way. God bless. I'll catch you next time.